Today I want to go a little further on the road trip series because I believe we're all on a road. We're all taking a trip, a trip of life. And I want to say this. It doesn't have to be a bad trip. I was just telling Pastor Kenny just a moment ago. God did not create you. God did not create me for death. Although we approach everything as a death situation. Oh, we're living to die. How about just dying to live? Let's live. He did not create you for death. He created you for life. So if that's true, then he's going to give us life more abundantly. So I speak to somebody today that's discouraged or down or out or feeling out of sorts and nobody cares and you just feel like that death is the only answer. I'm going to say this. Death is not the answer. Life is the answer because Jesus is the life. Amen. And so understand that on this road trip of life, there's certain things we need. And one of those things is we have to keep our eye, our eye, both physical and spiritual on the road of life. Our eye on the road or our eyes on the road. I want to take you to Philippians 3.14. And it says this, the Apostle Paul speaking, he says, I press toward. Now understand, he's, he's making a statement here. I, he's talking about himself, I press toward the mark. I'm traveling at a rapid pace. I'm my, my foot, my, uh, uh, pe- the pedal to the metal. I'm pressing forward. I'm not going to let anything stop me. Nothing's going to hinder me. I press toward the mark for the prize. There's a prize, prize for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul makes it clear that he has a mark. I'm going to ask you this question today. Do you have a mark? If you're traveling and don't have a mark, you've made a mistake. If you just get in your car and say, I'm just going to go wherever the, wherever the wheel takes me, well, you've made a mistake because the wheel's not going to take you anywhere. What's going to take you is you behind the wheel with your eyes on the road with, de- with a destination in mind. You have to have a destination in mind. So Paul makes it clear. Man, listen, folks, he's talking to the church. He said, I've got a mark. I've got a destiny. I'm not going to miss my mark. I'm not going to miss my destiny. And most importantly, I'm not going to miss this time. I will not miss my appointed time. How many people know we all have an appointed time? And it's not just for death. You say, here, it's appointed unto man once to die. But how about this one? It's appointed also unto man to live and demonstrate the power and the, of, and the might of the kingdom of God. So Paul says, listen to this. I'm going to keep my eyes on the road. I'm going to keep my eyes on my destiny. I'm going to keep my eyes on the purpose. I'll never forget Paul, this once saw, he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And because his eyes were on the road to Damascus and seeing Jesus, from then on, his eyes were on the road toward Jesus. That's a good thought. Whenever you see him, something happens. Something happens within inside a person when Jesus comes on the scene. I'm going to tell you, I've watched people that are living a, 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 a less than life. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes into their life and it ignites. And they start to live. They start to rejoice. <clears throat> they start to walk in happiness. It's transformation. 
Someone said, well, I'm going to be transformed when Jesus comes back again. That may be true, but how about when Jesus comes into your heart and life today? It'll transform you. It'll make you new. Remember the song we sing, Make All Things New? My son wrote that song, I believe. But how do we do this? How do we keep our eyes on the destiny, on the purpose, keep our eyes on the road? We need wisdom. Somebody say that I need wisdom. You need wisdom. You need instruction. You need guidance. All of us do. I do. Here I am now, 50 years in ministry, and I admit to you, I still need guidance. From who? The Holy Spirit. And also, wise counsel that's around me. I'll get into that in a moment. Because you can have the spirit and not wise counsel and you can make some big mistakes. That's the truth. We need the eyesight of the Holy Spirit. Because when he's riding with you, when he's with you, his eyesight is clear. Because he sees those things you cannot see. The things you're not aware of. How many of you have ever been driving a deer or jawed out on the road? Or a cat or a dog? All of a sudden, you're caught off guard. But with the Holy Spirit with you, you're never caught off guard. You're on guard because you know he sees. It's like my wife. I'll be driving down the road and she'll say, watch out. This is going to happen. Watch out that car. Well, we laugh about that. But really, sometimes the second set of eyes are the eyes you need to make sure you don't have a collision. Am I right? The second set of eyes. The Holy Spirit is not my second side. It's the first set. The Holy Spirit is my first set of eyes. So we need the sight of the Holy Spirit because he sees what we cannot see. He's been where we have not been. And nothing, everybody say nothing, nothing is hidden from his eyes. You say, man, I've hidden some things from my wife. I've hidden some things from my husband. And they don't know about those things. Well, guess who does know? God knows. He doesn't miss a thing. When you were laying in bed last night, meditation and thoughts going through your head, guess who heard those thoughts? Guess who was with you as you were thinking? It's the might and the power of the Holy Spirit. His far-reaching value. Man, he reaches to the uttermost. My daddy used to say he'll reach from the uttermost to the guttermost. And he'll do that. Say this, nothing is hidden from his eyes. Nothing is hidden from his eyes. Daniel 2.22 says, he, God, he reveals the deep and secret things, things I need to know. I don't need to be caught off guard. Have you ever been in a situation where the Holy Spirit check you and say, don't go there, don't do that, don't say this. You, you're, you're loaded to say something that's going to hurt somebody or, or maybe it's just a little off color. And the Holy Spirit will say, don't do that. You need to listen to that voice because it'll keep you out of trouble. He says he reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness. Things we cannot see, he knows. Have you ever seen those night goggles? You're in a room, you can't see your hand in front of your face, but if you put on night goggles, you can see everything. Well, let me tell you something that's better than night goggles. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. There's so many times I've needed to hear his voice. Have you ever felt in despair? Have you ever felt lonely? Have you ever felt like nobody cares? He does. And he'll speak to you. 
We just don't take time to listen. Most times the Lord speaks to me early in the morning. And if we'll just give ourselves to listen, he'll speak to you. Don't get around thinking, well, he'll talk to me when I'm doing my dishes. Or I'm, and he'll, he can, but get still, get quiet, meditate on the Lord. And I promise you, if you've got the Holy Spirit living within you, he'll speak to you. So he says he knows what is in the darkness. Now watch this next phrase. And he lights, the light dwelleth in him. So if I need light, it dwells in him. And if he, pastoral, if he lives in me, what else lives in me? Help me. The light lives in me. There'll be no darkness. Paul says something I think is very important in, in 1 Corinthians 4, 5. I just added this early this morning because it's very important. Uh, he says, therefore, judge nothing before the time. He's talking about judging different people and things and what they've said. But this is what's important. Until the Lord come, because the Lord's going to set everything straight. He's the one that is the judge. Am I right or wrong? But who both will bring to light. This is in the New Testament. Who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness. You thought they were in darkness. You thought nobody could see them. You thought nobody had heard them. He did. Who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. Oh, my God. And then shall every man have praise of God. Meaning... Whatever you have done as he judges, he will get, God himself will give you praise. He'll praise you for your works. That's not the message today, but the message is you see nothing is hidden to him. You have to keep your eyes on the road, but you need a, a, the first set of eyes, which is the sight of the Holy Spirit. And I said this last week, we need to come into an awareness of the Holy Spirit like we've never had before. We need to learn to love him and respect him and appreciate him. How many times have we counseled with married couples and they say, well, John didn't, he just, you know, he said he loved me, but he never appreciated me. Susie says she loved me, but she never appreciated me. Let me tell you something. Spend a little time and start appreciating certain things and make sure you appreciate the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. Don't forget the first set of eyes <clears throat> because you need him. And when I say appreciation, it's when you see those things in your life that you held as insignificant, which is mostly in reference to the Holy Spirit. We've, we don't even talk about it in church anymore. Most churches don't even deal with the Holy Spirit, but he's dealing with us. Why do you think there's so many divisions in the church, so much uh, uh, murmuring and complaining? It's because they're not listening to the Holy Spirit. So you have to... Learn to appreciate those things that we've thought were insignificant, but something that is valuable and important to our life. We can't forget it. You can never forget the value of the Holy Spirit. So, well, is that going to help me in life? You better be believe it. Listen, appreciation for the works of God. You're wondering how you can come out of your, your deep situation, your dark situation. Appreciation for the works of God will cause the waters to part. So you can keep on moving. What do you mean the waters part? Just like the children of Israel. The Red Sea parted. And I'm telling you, your waters will part as long as you start to appreciate God's work. You start appreciating the Holy Spirit. You start appreciating that he's got a plan for your life. Pastor Kenny's got a plan for your life. You shall live and not die. Why? Because he's called you to live and not die. 
He's called you, Kaylee, to rejoice and be happy. He's not called you to be sad. If you're being sad, there's a reason. There's, a wrong, there's something wrong. You've got to come out of that and say, I will rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, I will rejoice. Listen, when my father passed away, I was close to my father. And I missed talking to him. But the thing is, I did not weep when he died because he worked so hard to be in the presence of Jesus. So I can't be sad for very long because he's in the presence and celebrating with the one he loved. And the one he worked for for 70 years. Are y'all catching this now? So when you feel sad, say, Holy Spirit, my heart is rejoicing. I will not be sad, but I will be glad. A lot of this I'm saying today, it's not scripted, I'll promise you. This is coming to, from my heart to you. So I'm going to keep God in the center focus of my life. My eyes are going to be on that road, the road of life. And I'm going to see the waters parted. The difficult situations will part. Wherever God has a destiny and God is positioning his people, when God positions you, all the obstacles will start to part. And you'll move right through it. You may not see it. You may not know how. But God will bring it to pass. That's a word for somebody listening to me today. You see, Joshua. Well, before I say that about Joshua, because this is important. You have to keep your eyes, spiritual and physical, on the road of life. And you cannot grab or move or vary or go off course because you see something that looks like success. Does that make sense? Because you see it as a success does not mean God says it is successful. What do you mean? Well, Joshua had to defeat a little city called Jericho, a highly fortified city. The walls were so thick that chariots could ride on it. But God made it clear, Pastor Kenny, Pastor Mike, God made it clear that no one should take anything from the city. Nothing. He said, I don't want you to take anything from the city. And, the gold, and he made this clear. The gold, the silver, silver, the vessels of iron and brass were to be placed in the treasury of the Lord. He made it clear. But Achan, Achan got his eyes off the road. Here he goes. He grabbed for something. He, think about it. He started to, I can't tell you the whole story here, but you're going to get the gist of it. He got his eyes on something that he should not have looked at. He started to covet it. He started to want it. He got his eyes off the road. He lost focus and saw something that looked real good. How many of you have ever seen something that looked real good? Well, just because it's real good looking doesn't mean it's going to be real good in the long haul. How many of you have seen a handsome man or a beautiful woman? And you say, man, that woman is beautiful. And somebody say, yeah, but you don't know her. That's a handsome dude right there. I've heard this said, but wait till he opens his mouth. Because why? Looks can be deceiving. What something looks like doesn't mean that it is that. Am I right or wrong? Okay, let's go on. So Aiken got his eyes off the road. He started to lose focus. He saw something that looked real good. And this is what Aiken said about himself. This isn't somebody else talking, Ariel. This is him talking. This is what Aiken said about himself in this situation, Joshua 7, 21. When I saw, see, he said it. When I saw the spoils, a goodly Babylonian garment, a garment that's used for idolatry. 
when I saw the goodly uh, Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold, 50 shekels in weight, then I coveted them. I wanted them. And I took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. He hid it all in his tent. Why did Achan take it? For his own greed. But look what God said in Joshua 7 verse 1. This is a whole sermon on its own. But the children of Israel committed a trespass. The whole, the whole group of them, God saw them as a family. He saw them as a community. And because he gave the word to the community, they all, in God's perspective, had sinned. Because somebody should have been watching out for one another. Now, this is an important point. I should have been watching out for Aiken. You should have been watching out for Aiken. I should watch out for Ariel. Ariel should watch out for me. I should watch out for Pastor Kenny. He should watch out for me. Are you seeing this now? This is the value of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in us. So he says, I've committed a <clears throat> but the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah. Now notice he came from the tribe of praise. You can't praise if your eyes are on the wrong thing. Oh, God, what a point. You cannot praise if your eyes are on the wrong thing. Because he came from the tribe of Judah. He took the accursed thing and the anger of the Lord was kindled. Watch what he said here. Against the children of Israel. Because they had a responsibility too to look after one another. To help one another. You know somebody had to see him taking that much stuff away. So Achan, if we look at him, and I'm not going to preach that, that story, but Achan had, what happened to him? He had no commitment to the cause of God. It was the cause of Achan. It was the cause of himself. I want this. I want that. I see it. I want it. He had no commitment to the cause of God. So why? This being the case, he could not move forward. He, didn't, he got his eyes off the road. Aiken had no respect. Watch this one, pastors. Aiken had no respect for leadership. No respect for leadership. For He just disobeyed. Who did he disobey? God first, and then through the mouth of Joshua, say, I only listen to God. I ain't going to listen to man. Well, in this case, they had to listen to Joshua. He was God's anointed one. And let me tell you something. God has anointed people to speak into your life, and you better listen. But they... They did not, he didn't, he, he didn't value leadership, authority. Achan took no thought, watch this, Achan took no thought for the well-being of his family, of the tribe of Israel. All he could see was the shimmer of silver and gold, and he could not go forward. Do you know how you catch a fish with a, with a lure? I've done it. You got this little bitty lure. No food substance, no nutrient, but it flickers light. And you throw it out there, and all of a sudden, that fish ambushes that flickering light. You have to be careful with what you see, because when you get a mouthful of it, it might not be what you wanted. Does that make sense on that? Are you hearing me? Aiken took no thought. Watch this. Aiken took no thought for, for his future, only his temporal gain. He lost sight. His eyes were off the road. Eyes were off leadership. Eyes were off God's will and command. Here's a lesson to be learned from Achan. You ready for this? I'll be closing here in a moment. 
Because these are abbreviated messages. You want to hear the whole thing, you need to come on a Sunday morning. The lesson to be learned from Achan is this. You have to learn to say no. Say, well, is that all to it? No. Watch. You have to learn to say no when your eyes are saying yes. Has anybody lived through that before? I guess I'm the only one. I have. My eyes have, my eyes adore you. See, your eyes can lie to you. And you see things. uh, I mean, I have been in places before. Have you ever been in where the lights are beautiful, the music's playing, and everything looks cool, and you're, ooh, this is good stuff. And man, everything looks cool because it's dark and it's got lights on and everybody looks good. Even, even the people in there look good. And then they, you get there about closing time and they flip the lights on and you go, oh my God, what have I been sitting in? Am I right or wrong? You've been there. Don't lie to me. So when your eyes see something, know this, you've got to say no to the things your eyes are saying Yes. Doing things God's way will cause you to move in the direction that you need to move because he's got the plan. And he'll take you in the most direct route. How many of you like the most direct route? My wife says that to me, the GPS, she'll say, now we can go this way or we can go that way. Now this is a more direct route. It'll save you five minutes. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to save that five minutes sometimes. I've got a a deadline to meet. Amen? Amen. I want the most direct route to what God's wanted me to demonstrate with the kingdom of God. So hear me. Staying focused and going forward, moving, keeping your eyes on the road doesn't mean just movement. It doesn't mean just movement. It is movement with proper guidance. There's a lot of churches that are moving but not guided properly. There's a lot of families that have movement or not guided properly. So what do we do? We have once again got to call on the Holy Spirit to bring in proper guidance. And guidance demands, pastors, hear this. I'm getting excited. Pastor, pastors hear it clearly that are watching me. Proper guidance means or demands proper leadership. We've got a lot of large groups in our Christian community, but very few real leaders. And that's the truth. And I want you to hear this. This is important. Remember this. No one can take you where they have not been themselves. Did y'all hear that? No one can take you where they have not been themselves. I had a fellow that used to come to church here, and he wanted to teach people how to become millionaires. And he couldn't pay his bills. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, if, if you can't pay your bills, how are you going to teach me to be a millionaire? Oh, let me liken it. Let me give you another illustration. Can you imagine traveling in a car with five people? You're going down the road and you say, now, I don't know how to get to this, this restaurant. Let's say a restaurant. And four of the five tell you how to get there and they all agree. But one disagrees. Who are you going to listen to? You're going to listen to the four because there is a, there's something valuable and understand this. If this is value. Someone may have heard of the place you are headed. Now watch this. Some may have heard the place that you're headed, but they didn't know the directions. Now you say, what does that mean for me? A lot of people say they know Jesus. But they have no directions. I know about Jesus, 
I hear he's the Savior. I hear he gave his life for us, but there's no direction. There's no go ye into all the world. There's no heal the sick, raise the dead, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They, they just come to church on Sunday for an hour and a half, and then they leave, and they do whatever they want to do and forget God, forget who they are. I'm going to tell you that's wrong. Many have heard about Jesus, but they just don't have proper directions. You must have proper leadership to go into the correct, to move in the correct direction. Well, Bishop, I'm, I'm listening to you now that I like that leadership part. I want to be a great leader. Well, you will never become a great leader until you become a good follower. And let me tell you how I know that. If you go out on the road with 10 or 15 motorcycles and they're all following, that leader is not just riding his motorcycle for himself. He's riding his motorcycle for the 14 people that are behind him. That's fact. You say, well, I, I, I can ride with everybody. Why can't I lead? Because you've never done it before. You don't understand the nuances of it. You don't understand how you have to turn. And the, sometimes you put people in harm's way because you make a move. Let me tell you, being a leader has a great responsibility on you and on your life because you're leading souls. You have to know how to, to follow before you lead and watch and observe. You can't daydream if you're the leader. Your eyes can't be pulled away by something shiny like Aiken. You've got to keep steady, eyes on the road. How do we know what is right? I'm going to end with this. How do we know what is right or the right way, the right thing? How do we know when we've heard from God? When God speaks to you, it will always have, Pastor Mike, it will always have a proper witness. Always. What do you mean? 2 Corinthians 13, 1. It says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Now, I know what he's talking about here. He was talking about coming to them and he was having to, he, was, he had some some problems with that, that group, that ministry group. But he says, in the mouth of, every, of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. What does that mean? Counselors, wise counselors, people that are trusted, people that are moved by the Holy Spirit, you need to listen to them and hear what, hear what they say in reference to what God has spoken to you. Because sometimes, Ariel, it's not God speaking, it's you speaking to yourself. Kathy, there are times in my life it was not God speaking to Alan. It was God, it was, it was Alan speaking to Alan, me hoping God would back it up. Isn't that right, Pastor Mike? I want God to back this up. I'm telling you, I know this is gonna be tough, but God back me up. God take the wheel. Jesus take the wheel. Remember that song? Jesus ain't gonna take the wheel. You've got the wheel, and he's speaking to you. So Today, I want to end with that. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. And don't look at those things that look flamboyant and wonderful and shiny. Make sure that God's in it. Make sure the Lord is speaking to you. And really, when you hear the Lord speak to you, you know it. You know it. I thank you so much for being with me today. I thank you for hearing me, hearing my heart. 
I just, I can't tell you how important it is for you to hear that voice, to keep your eyes on the road and to hear the guidance system talk to you. Don't disannul the guidance system. Don't throw it away. He's trying to build a church. He said, I'm building a church. No, you're not. Jesus is capable of building his church. What he's asked you to do is to lift him up. So today I'm asking you to lift him up in your life. Keep your eyes firmly placed on the road. For those of you that are suffering today, and I want to tell you, I'm praying against this COVID-19 and the variant. In the name of Jesus, I come against it. It has no place in our life, no place in the lives of the people that, that call this place home. Or for anyone that's listening to me right now, I come against it. It's not Alan coming against it. It's the word of God in me coming against it. COVID-19, you have no place or any variant, you have no place. Let us go. Release us. In the name of Jesus. And for those people that are suffering today, I pray for healing. I pray for solace. I pray for the balm of Gilead, the balm that only Jesus can bring. Father, right now in Jesus' name, please, Lord, those that are depressed and discouraged, bring them out of their discouragement. Bring them out of their tormenting situation. Lord, help them to keep their eyes firmly planted on the road. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity you've given me to reach out and touch people like this. Thank you, Lord, that they're hearing me. And thank you, Lord, that they're starting to get happy and starting to rejoice because it's not only them in the car of life. Jesus is there with them. The Holy Spirit is guiding. So, Father, we thank you. And I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe you went to the grave and you came forth on the third day. And I believe, God, that you are here with us all the time. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I honor you and I praise you. Now, Lord, set those free that have been captured or held in chains of bondage. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And it shall come to pass. Say it with me. I'm free at last in the name of Jesus.